Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Judgment Call Podcast. As always, this is Miles Wilson. I hope you're having a great day, night, afternoon, whatever it may be for you when you are finally getting around to listening to this. But today we do have another rookie update for you. And this is going to be for the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out all of my Chiefs listeners. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with how I do my rookie updates because you haven't listened to any of the other ones because you just don't care about those teams, this is me finding any news I can about your rookies, good, bad, or indifferent, and just telling you how they've been progressing throughout training camp. Uh, We're only, well, you guys are under 24 hours away from your football game, but we are only three days removed from the rest of week one starting. So it's good to know how your rookies have been progressing. I've read all the articles about your rookies. I've listened to the podcast, interviews, watched all the tape I could on YouTube, Twitter, Reddit. I I know about your rookies. I'm pretty well prepared to tell you about how they've been progressing. Uh, So let's go ahead and get right into it. You guys had a really small draft class, only six picks. So no need to waste your time. Your first round pick was Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the running back out of LSU. And, you know, I'm normal, just like you guys. I do fantasy drafts. And a lot of people are super high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There's a ton of hype around his name, and people think that he is going to have a fantastic, mind-blowing season. And at some point, you have to think, well, why? He's a rookie running back. Uh, There shouldn't be too many expectations for a rookie running back, right? Well, not so much. Uh, As I was doing my fantasy drafts, I I watch all the videos of people talking, and a guy brought up a very interesting stats. I believe it was Matthew Berry. He brought up the fact that uh, no starting running back, uh, talking about a running back that has played all 16 games under Andy Reid as a starter, no starting running back under Andy Reid has ever averaged under 18 fantasy points per game. And this is coming from the years of 2004 to 2008 when Brian Westbrook was the main ball carrier there. And he averaged, he was the second best running back in fantasy, I believe, for the, the entire, entire tenure from 04 to 08. He was the second best running back in fantasy and that's not only relevant because he was a great ball carrier he was also getting a hundred targets as a receiver out of the backfield those last two years in 2007 and 2008 where he had five reception touchdowns and I think he had like 90 receptions and this is this was in a run heavy league the league was still pretty the league hadn't gotten to this pass happy stage yet and I say all that to say that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the first running back in SEC history to rush for a thousand yards and catch for 50 receptions out of the backfield. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going from a great college running back and college quarterback in Joe Burrow, a great college head coach in Ed Orgeron, and probably the best college offensive coordinator in Joe Brady, who is now an NFL offensive coordinator. And he's going from that situation to an even better quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, going to an even better head coach in Andy Reid, and arguably just as good as the offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and they are going to turn him into a beast. I say that you should buy into the hype because uh, I remember in, when I was in high school watching guys like Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware put up numbers in this system, and they are not as good of they're not as good running back prospects as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming out of LSU. The last fantastic t- elite running back prospect that Andy Reid has was Kareem Hunt. And if you don't remember that game, his debut was against the Patriots, and he went off. He had a fantastic game. He had 17 carries, five targets out the backfield. He had 200 yards and three touchdowns. And he 
wasn't he's not as good of a pass catcher out of the backfield as Clyde Edwards hilarious I expect him to be on the field pretty much every down if he's not hurt I hope he stays healthy because this is going to be ridiculous getting Patrick Mahomes this safety outlet is going to be fantastic the last football game that we all saw was the Super Bowl and we saw how they used Damian Williams in the past game I tr- I'm trying not to buy into the hype I promise I'm trying to stay objective but this is if there if there was somebody to buy into the hype with it's this guy in this system with this quarterback your next pick is willie gay jr the linebacker out of mississippi state and he's fantastic um if you paid attention a lot to the draft process and where he was coming from and why he even fell to the 63rd pick which is where you got him it was character concerns he got into a little bit of trouble at mississippi state so a lot of people uh, also they also believe he got hurt so it was a little bit of both and people were hesitant on taking him in the first round but he was definitely a first round talent. He wasn't, he didn't drop because he wasn't good at football. He dropped because they didn't know if he'd stay on the field. And so far he stayed on, he's staying on the field. He's staying out of trouble. He's playing fantastic when he's called upon. They're trying to get him into a bunch of different positions at the linebacker role. And he's taking them as they come. And he's also doing a really good job excelling in them so far. I'm not sure that he will be a starter, but it's sounding like, they're going to get him on the field as much as possible. Um, Anthony Hitchens, a veteran linebacker that you guys picked up, said that he's learning a lot quickly, putting a couple different positions on his plate. He's playing Sam in base, the buck, will, and sub defense. He's learning a lot. He's moving fast. We call him turbo. Sometimes he moves too fast. He's learning. We're teaching him the ropes, and he's coming along well. I mean, if you guys have been watching practice, he's making plays. As long as we can keep getting him to do that, I think he can make our defense a lot better. And in quote, I tend to agree with pretty much everything that he said. He they have have moved him around quite a lot. That he's played pretty much everything except for lining up at the mic roll. Um, he also is fast. That is something that you saw on tape out of Mississippi State. He has great sideline to sideline speed, great straight line sprint speed, great pursuit speed. He's really quick too. He doesn't have a slow motor. Uh, he doesn't ever give up on plays. And you're seeing a lot of that here. I think it's cool that he already has a nickname from the guys on the defense. That means you don't give a nickname to somebody you don't like. So it means that he's getting along with people. People like him. I'm going to assume the coaching staff also likes him. Uh, I think he'll be almost an every down guy by the end of the season. I think the Willie Gay you get week one will be totally different than the Willie Gay you get in week 16 as he gets his legs under him and gets more acclimated to the speed and the playbook and just fitting in here with these guys. But this is a fantastic pick. I really did love this pick. I love both of you guys' first two picks. Uh, your next pick was Lucas Niang, the offensive tackle out of TCU. He opted out of the season, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. But their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy did say that they respect his decision to opt out and that whenever he does decide to come back, that they will open him. They will welcome him with open arms. Your next pick is Legereus Sneed, the safety out of Louisiana Tech. Um, he's a small school prospect that caught, got, he, I think he caught a lot of people's eyes at the combine when he ran a four, three, seven, which was, I believe the fourth best time at the combine. Feel free to fact check me. could be the fifth, but I do believe it was the fourth. Um, and then he landed here and they moved him from safety to cornerback. And I think that is one of the best decisions you could have made with this guy. Uh, I watched a lot of Louisiana tech tape to watch Amik Robertson, who was another, another prospect, uh, boundary corner. And I also saw a lot of this guy while I was watching his tape and uh, immediately it jumps out to you that he is not a natural, natural safety. That's not where he 
thrives at. And he's also not the biggest safety. He's, he's six feet tall. He's six feet and a half. But that's a good size, not a great size for a safety that you're going to put in single high. You won't have him in the box, and he's going to need to be the final line of defense for your defense. But when you kick him to corner, he's a six foot and a half corner with four three speed, and that's the makings of a potential Pro Bowl corner. So I see the ideology here. I like the ideology here, and he's actually played really well here. He's got both first and second team reps at cornerback, and this is starting cornerback, by the way, because Bashad Breeland is going to miss the first four games of the season due to violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. So he's get, getting starting reps as a boundary corner, and he's playing really well. Uh, he broke up a pass that Patrick Mahomes intended for Miko Harmon, and then he also picked off a pass from Patrick Mahomes the second day that he was getting starting reps. So he's coming along fine, but he's also a small school prospect going up against weaker competition and a position switch. So there's all new technique to learn. You have to, not only is there new technique to learn, there's an entirely different position to learn. Safety and corner have two totally different responsibilities, even though they're both in coverage. So he has a lot on his plate, but he's coming along well. I have absolutely no clue how he will fit in to the week one rotation because Bashar Breeland is out. They lost Kendall Fuller to, I believe he went to go play in Washington. They signed him to a four-year deal. So they're down two corners. They have this guy, and I don't even know who the second corner on this team is, but he may be asked to go in and make an instant impact week one and start because they're just down so many guys. Uh, Steve Spagnolo has talked pretty high about him. He said Legereus has made some plays for us, but I think he has a long way to go. That's a tough position to step in, step in and play, which that's high praise for me because he's basically not saying that he doesn't stink. He's just new here. And I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, Alex Brown was the guy that's come, that I was meaning to think of. He tore his ACL in camp, and they lost him for the season. So if he comes out there and has to play week one, look out for number 38. That is the number that he wore in camp. I'm going to assume that'll probably be the number that he will wear if he's out there on the field in week one. Next pick, you have Michael Dana. Michael Dana, excuse me, the defensive end out of Michigan. I should know that. I'm a huge Michigan fan. But he has got some high praise from the defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, he said he that he is pleased with him, even though he didn't know much about him coming into Kansas City, which he played in Central Michigan for three years. Then he came to Michigan for a year as a grad transfer, but he also didn't see the field much. He was kind of rotated on the interior D-line. They have a really deep defensive line, if you didn't know. So he didn't play that much, so it wasn't much tape out on him besides what was his freshman through junior year. But they haven't clarified his role for this season here, even though he has impressed the coaching staff. But they are going to try and get him out there. Um, he's uh, This is Steve Spagnuolo talking. He said that Michael Dana was another surprise. Those two guys talking about Turk and Mike. Listen, for guys that have not been in the NFL very long, they sure operate like true pros. They learned it somewhere along the way. We noticed in Zoom meetings, I remember defensive line coach Braden Daly talking about those guys specifically, how much he was looking forward to working with them because in these meetings we're doing right now, he was thoroughly impressed. Those two guys just have continually impressed the coaches. So they're talking about Mike Dana and Turk Warden, which is no clue who he is. He's probably an undrafted free agent, but – Mike Dana, Dana sounds like he is a guy that is on track to get a solid amount of playtime his rookie year. Don't know how they'll use him. Don't know where they use him. But it sounds like they're going to try and get him on the field somewhere in some place that he's comfortable. 
your next pick is Thakarius Keys, the cornerback at a Tulane. So this is this is a really cool story here. Uh, Thakarius Keys, no one calls him Thakarius. Thakarius is his born name, but everybody calls him Bo Pete. I could not find the origin of where it came from. I know he got the nickname from his grandmother, but I couldn't find the origin of the nickname. It's probably somewhere out there, but I couldn't find it. But he goes by Bo Pete. He said that people only call him Thakarius when they're mad at him. Uh, he was also a really uh, it's it's a, such an underdog story. It's a really cool story. So he was a zero star recruit out of high school. He also only had an offer from Jackson State, and he ended up signing at a community college. It I think it was like Eastern something community. It doesn't matter. He had to go to a community college. But before he signed to the community college, Tulane saw him on tape while they were watching another guy that they offered. And they took a chance on him. They pretty much just liked what they saw, and they took a chance on him. He was extremely undersized. He was about 100, 160 pounds when he came to Tulane. He had no technique at all. And they basically molded him into what he is now, which is a guy that has made the 53-man roster here in Kansas City. Uh, Kent Swanson is the lead draft and film an analysis for Arrow, Arrowhead Pride, which is, I, I guess, you guys' news, official newspaper for the team. And he is the lead draft and film analysis. And he said on draft day when he got drafted that he would make the 53-man roster and that this kid was really, really good, really underrated. This kid can play. And here we are in September, and he did indeed make the 53-man roster. Uh, still, this is another guy where I'm like, I don't know where they will put him into the rotation simply because you guys are down a couple of corners, but I don't know if you just want to go ahead and throw Bo Pete out there. I mean, you can. It might happen. You never know. I don't know what his number is. So I don't know who to look out for, but I'm sure listen for the announcer saying, and here comes Bo Peep or something like that. But he's here. Super cool. He's also has a lot of Chiefs fans in his family. The Pee Wee team he played on was the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, that is your final pick. It seems like you guys pretty much knocked this draft out of the park the only question mark you have is lucas niang who opted out of the season so you haven't seen him yet but every other pick it sounds like you guys hit a home run and you are poised to make another run at the super bowl uh, but i'm done thank you for letting me borrow your time uh, i'm out i have nothing else to say i appreciate you for tuning in again this is miles wilson for the judgment call podcast i hope you have a fantastic day i'll see you next time